Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 1. The word that hath been unto Jeremiah from Jehovah, saying, 2. Hear ye the words of this covenant, and ye have spoken unto the men of Judah and unto the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The Lord made a covenant long ago with the Israelites. He gave them his law, and in return he promised them salvation, prosperity, and protection. But the people disobeyed his law for many generations. The Lord wants Jeremiah to remind the people of the covenant that they have broken, which means the Lord will no longer give them salvation, protection, and prosperity. 3. And thou hast said unto them, Thus said Jehovah, God of Israel, Cursed is the man who doth not obey the words of this covenant. Anyone who refuses to obey the Lord is cursed. In the New Testament, Jesus said that we are condemned by our sins. 4. That I commanded your fathers in the day of my bringing them out from the land of Egypt, out of the iron furnace, saying, Hearken to my voice, and ye have done them, according to all that I command you. And ye have been to me for a people, and I am to you for God, for God. We belong to the Lord when we obey his commandments. 5. In order to establish the oath that I have sworn to your fathers, to give to them a land flowing with milk and honey, as this day, and I answer and say, Amen, O Jehovah. Jeremiah said Amen, which is agreement to the Lord's words, and now he has to speak these words to the Israelites, and remind them of the covenant that they have broken with their God who brought them out of Egypt and the slavery that they endured in Egypt. 6. And Jehovah saith unto me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and ye have done them. In ancient times prophets had to walk in the street and proclaim the word of the Lord. This would include shouting and yelling and making sure that everybody could hear the word from the Lord. Today, Christians don't even have the courage to tell a neighbor or a co-worker about Jesus most of the time. If we realize that the Lord isn't asking us to walk through town yelling his word, then perhaps it will be a lot easier for us to go ahead and share about Jesus with anybody we meet, because it's a lot easier task. 7. For I certainly testified against your fathers in the day of my bringing them up out of the land of Egypt, till this day, rising early and testifying, saying, Hearken to my voice. The Lord spoke to the people directly through Moses when they were in the desert. He met with Moses in the tabernacle regularly and gave Moses his words and his decisions to the people. 8. And they have not hearkened, nor inclined their ear. To incline your ear is to turn it towards somebody so that you can hear better. 
the Israelites didn't even want to hear what the Lord was saying. And they walk each in the stubbornness of their heart, and I bring on them all the words of this covenant that I commanded to do, and they did not. To bring on them the words means to bring the curse on them, because curses were always included. In the covenant that the Lord had with the people, he always said, I will bless you and save you if you obey me, but if you disobey me, then I will destroy you. And he always brings destruction to cause people to repent. He's still doing that today. There are many Christians today with a lot of destruction in their life because they refuse to repent of their sins. The Lord brings destruction into our life to get us to repent. 9. And Jehovah saith unto me, A conspiracy is found in the men of Judah and in the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 10. They have turned back to the iniquities of their first fathers who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have made void my covenant that I made with their fathers. When we refuse to obey God, we are making void his covenant of salvation. Unfortunately, today there is a lot of false doctrine saying that God owes us salvation just because we acknowledge that his son died on the cross. But that is not the true gospel. It's not taught in the Old or the New Testament. In both the Old and the New Testament, we are commanded to obey the Lord and to put our full trust in Jesus as our Savior. Jesus said, repent and believe. He didn't just say believe, but today people are taught that all they have to do is believe, and that's called easy beliefism. It's without repentance. But the Bible teaches us in both the Old and the New Testament that there is no salvation without repentance. Easy beliefism is not the way to heaven. The Israelites had gone back to idol worship over and over again, and therefore the Lord wasn't going to save them. 11. Therefore thus said Jehovah, Lo, I am bringing in unto them evil that they are not able to go out from, and they have cried unto me, and I do not hearken unto them. There are a lot of prayers that God doesn't hear. If you're living in willful sin, there's no reason why the Lord should listen to your prayer unless you're finally asking for forgiveness. It isn't that we're earning our salvation, but we're earning friendship with God, and that is something that does have to be earned through respecting the Lord and obeying Him and submitting to Him. That's how we become His friend. The Lord says that they will not be able to escape the Babylonians. 12. And the cities of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem have gone, and they have cried unto the gods, to whom they are making perfume, and they give no deliverance at all to them in the time of their vexation. Incense was created for demon worship, and in the olden days they also had perfumes that were made for demon worship. Today, on the market, there are perfumes that are dedicated to Satan. Satan has always desired the same worship that God receives. The Lord gave the Israelites instructions 
to create perfume for the tabernacle. He even gave them the recipe for that perfume and told them to never make that for another god. The Lord says that they will cry out to these false gods to save them, but nobody will save them from the Babylonians. 13. For the number of thy cities have been thy gods, O Judah, and the number of the streets of Jerusalem, ye have placed altars to a shameful thing, altars to make perfume to Baal. The Lord says that the same amount of cities that are in Judah equal the amount of different gods that they have, and the streets in Jerusalem, the number of streets, equal the amount of altars that they have to Baal, which means there's an altar for every street corner. Earlier, the chapter had mentioned Israel and Judah. That's because the ten tribes of Israel had their own separate kingdom at this time, and Judah had a kingdom that was over Judah and the Levites, because Israel had split in two, because most of the Israelites didn't want to follow God's plan to have a king of, of Judah, so they rejected the king of Judah. 14. And thou, thou dost not pray for this people, nor dost thou lift up for them cry and prayer, for I do not hearken in the time of their calling unto me for their vexation. Vexation is when you're really disturbed about something, and the people are going to be very disturbed about Babylon coming to attack them, but the Lord won't listen to them. And he tells Jeremiah not to pray for the people. Normally, prophets always pray for the salvation of the people. But the Lord says, don't do it, Jeremiah, because I've already decided that I will never change my mind about Babylon coming. 15. What to my beloved in my house, her doing wickedness with many, and the holy flesh do pass over from thee, when thou dost evil, then thou exultest. This is a metaphor. The Lord is speaking as if he is a husband to Israel, and she is sleeping with other men in his home. That's what Israel was doing spiritually. He was the Lord of Israel. Yet Israel was worshiping false gods right in the temple, the temple that was supposed to be where they worshiped the Lord. So it is very similar, metaphorically, to adultery. The holy flesh spoken of here is the animal sacrifices, which were supposed to be holy, but the people, through their paganism, were turning it into pagan sacrifices. 16. An olive tree, fair, of goodly fruit, hath Jehovah called thy name. At the noise of a great tumult he hath kindled fire against it, and broken have been its thin branches. Israel was metaphorically an olive tree. Its branches were thin because it was a young olive tree. It hadn't existed for very long. But he says now he's going to light that tree on fire. And this is what he did by having the Babylonians attack. 17. And Jehovah of hosts, who is planting thee, hath spoken evil concerning thee, for the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, that they have done to themselves, to provoke me to anger, 
to make perfume to Baal. Baal is a hideous demon god who the Israelites were sacrificing their children to against the commandment of the Lord. And he says that he has already allowed Babylon to take over the ten tribes of Israel, and now he's going to let Babylon take over Judah. 18. And, O Jehovah, cause me to know, and I know, then thou hast showed me their doings. 19. And I am as a trained lamb brought to slaughter, and I have not known that against me they have devised devices. We destroy the tree with its food, and cut him off from the land of the living, and his name is not remembered again. Because Jeremiah was prophesying the truth of the Lord, it made the religious leaders really angry, because they wanted to hear false prophecy that the Lord was on their side and he would protect them from the Babylonians. They didn't want to hear the truth that the Lord was terribly angry with them and that he was bringing the Babylonians on purpose because of his wrath. They wanted to hear a positive word, a positive statement, just like prophets and people today always want to hear something positive. They don't want to hear the truth that the Lord is angry because of their sin. So they were conspiring to kill Jeremiah. He's asking the Lord to protect him. 20. And O Jehovah of hosts, judging righteousness, trying reins, and heart, I do see thy vengeance against them, for unto thee I have revealed my cause. Jeremiah says that the Lord knows what's in people's hearts, and he sees that the Lord is getting vengeance against the Israelites who are sinning. And Jeremiah is also asking the Lord to help him because his own life is in danger. 21. Therefore thus said Jehovah concerning the men of Anathoth who are seeking thy life, saying, Do not prophesy in the name of Jehovah, and thou dost not die by our hands. The men in the city of Anathoth were just like the mafia. They went to Jeremiah and said, You better not talk, because if you talk and tell people that they have to repent and that Babylon is going to destroy this town, then we're going to kill you. If you want to live, you have to be quiet. 22. Therefore thus said Jehovah of hosts, Lo, I am seen after them. The chosen ones die by sword, their sons and their daughters die by famine. The Lord said to Jeremiah, These elite men of Anathoth, they will die by the sword at the hand of the Babylonians, and their children will starve to death. That is his judgment against them. 23. And they have no remnant, for I bring evil unto the men of Anathoth the year of their inspection. Anathoth is a town that was near Jerusalem, and it's in the territory of Benjamin. We know that Jeremiah was from the territory of Benjamin, so he first prophesied to his own people in Anathoth, and then he prophesied to Jerusalem. And his own people in Anathoth wanted to kill him for prophesying the truth. But the Lord says that all the men who seek to kill Jeremiah, they themselves will be killed. 
people today don't think that the Lord has a right to kill us or to punish us, but he has every right. He is our creator, and he is holy and true. Any time that we have disobeyed him, we have deserved death. And it's only because of his goodness and love and mercy that we didn't die the very first time that we sinned. And because of his love, by the time he punishes us or kills us or destroys us for our sins, we have earned it a million times over by the time it finally comes. So we have no right to judge God and no right to say that he isn't fair. We're the ones who aren't fair because we don't obey our creator. That's true injustice. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 11.